Hello, listener, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends, episode 21. This is a podcast where I, Grant Howitt, and he, Chris Taylor, Hello. will answer your role-playing questions, whether you want us to or not. Now, this, is a, this is a nice episode. This is kind of a reunion episode, because I've been away for the last month. Yeah. And so this, is, I, this is fresh. This is fresh. Oh, it feels good, baby. It feels good to talk about role-playing games mm. again. I've been, I've been in, the, in the far north of England. Um... In in a, in a little town called Ambleside, and I've spent Aww. my sorry. Oh, it is quite cute, isn't it? Yeah. There's a there's, there's a handbag shop there called Ambags, <laughs> and I really wanted to open a um, a, a a bespoke presento shop called Hambleside. <laughs> but we are we are ready to record. So Chris, I'm going to ask you for the first time in a month, and baby, it feels so good. What's the first hearty dice question? The first hearty dice question comes from Tim. Hey Tim. What's the most interesting way of doing healing slash having healing focused characters in a game? Hmm. Well, I think this is uh, this is one for Chris to answer because he is he is our healer. In, I, do, in I every... do like healing in games. He, he loves healing. I've I've heard some interesting discussion about the uh, about a um, submissive dominant relationship between the tank and the healer. Really? Do tell. Yeah. Well, because like the healer serves the tank. In a way, but also the tank serves the healer, and I think a good healer bottoms from the top. <laughs> I can see that actually. Yes, um, in the in that like, I think that the healer is honestly, given their perspective, quite a good raid leader. Yeah, uh, and the tank has to um, has to be focused on the enemies more than their own team. The which micro means that, rather than the macro. Precisely. Um, I am a tank. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy tanking um, uh, because I find healing difficult and I find DPS even more difficult. So, <laughs> you see, the thing I like about tanking is you can do the majority of the work before you make sure you make sure you're wearing the best available hat. Yeah, and then and the most then robust run, hat, and then stand close but not too close to the monster, and that's it. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't stand in some fire, and we're yeah. away. Uh, you know, if it's if it's a good enough hat, <laughs> if it's a good enough healer, yeah. Um, so Chris is Chris is our, our our healer, and so Chris, do you have any advice for the um, for Tim? So the kinds of healers that I really like in games, and this is not just video games; this is the role playing games of the tabletop varieties, mm-hmm. um, are martyrdom healers. You do like a bit of martyrdom. I do like martyrdom healers, um, which we have tried to put in some of our games. Yeah, I haven't quite pulled it off. Yeah, it's because it's really hard. Um, But martyrdom healers are, to paraphrase, healers that sacrifice their own health to give it to other people. Yeah. Um, Or their own well-being, or their stats, or something. They they lose something Mm. and shuffle it about. I think I think we've got that in the spire actually, in that we've got um, any sort of spell casting inflicts stress on the caster. Yeah. And I don't think it's possible to set up a feedback loop. It might be possible to set up a feedback loop um, with two um, moon priests just yeah. just healing each other. But essentially, you're either going to zero sum it, or one of them's going to go horribly mad. Which is great. Yeah. Um, um, so I always find those terribly interesting. Obviously, mm. they're hard to do in most games because the rules just aren't there to support them, which is upsetting. Yeah. My favourite kind of feeler... Um, so there's, there's two. Um, we once had in a in a game of fourth head a cleric of Tiamat. Yeah. Um, you, your five headed dragon. The five headed evil dragon. Um, 
and so he decided that he was absolutely obsessed with gold. It was great. Like so, we 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 sat down and we we had like um basic um like handout characters right at the start, and so he was playing high elf cleric, and it was like high elves are a cunning and noble race who are renowned for their bravery. And he went through and changed all the adjectives to be the opposite. <laughs> so he was this absolute coward who spent the entirety of games. Um, Hiding like he, like he'd find a box and hide it in the in the middle of a battle and just sort of poke his hand out and heal people. Amazing. Um, but like the thing the thing which he did is like it's like so like you imagine a, a gold worshipping cleric of Tiamat would charge for, for charge for healing, and thankfully the player Liam wasn't a dick about it. So what he did instead was he um, he sacrificed gold to Tiamat to heal. But for like for really big heals or for really big spells, he was like oh, I need something more valuable. All right, we flash back to a scene where I'm conning a dying widow out of her wedding ring <laughs> and then he just folds it in his hand and fires off a um, a, a face mate a face melting spell which to heal his friends but that's also you know quite interesting way of looking at what do you do with all that excess gold yeah for sure i like that i think i think my actual favorite kind of healing um though is from the film from the from the tv series carnival yep um which is kind of martyrdom healing in, sort of yeah it, but you 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 kind of you it's parasitic healing. Yeah, the life has to come from somewhere. Yeah, minus spoilers for the first episode. Um, <laughs> you can't I mean, spoil actually, the first like, episode. Sorry, you can't spoil the first episode. Oh, it's such a great reveal, though. It is. All right, fuck it. Um, there's there's a character in Carnival who does who he does sort of like faith healing, I guess. Yeah, Magic literal healing. faith. Healing. Literal faith healing. Um, and the way he does it is he sucks the energy out out of the land around him and puts it into someone. And it's and it's like so so like like the, the example I have is like there's a there's a little girl whose uh, whose legs don't work and he heals and he heals the little girl's legs but their but the family's farm is completely dried up and useless. Yeah. Um. And they and they and what's nice is the families show up later later in the series and like they've they've been driven west and it's um it's a really it's a really it's a really lovely thing because I, one of the things which kind of doesn't really excite me so much about healing in um in D and D and in much in lots of the places where there are healing is it's kind of vague. Yeah. You know, it's like, do I just feel hearty? Because hit points are so fucking vague. Yeah, it's, yeah, we've had that discussion. Yeah, it's such a massively vague system that I, that I, I, I like, I like it to be, like, like it to be clearer, and like to be like, well, like, okay, like you can stop bleeding, um, but then you get a headache. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a bit more badass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a blinder behind the eyes. Oh, my back's gone a little bit. Not a lot, but you know that twinge not a lot. when I oh, was twinge. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, I, I think my knee might be acting up. Um, Either that or storms are coming. But I think, like, I think one of the issues you've got with healers as well is that they are a very passive thing, and you have to you have to be hurt before you can help. Yeah, it's not a proactive class. So I think picking something like going for a diplomat, going for a um, someone who is aware of the wider law of the L O R E of the world. Um, someone who can help in other ways and then st- stitch people's legs back on. Yeah, I mean, you've got... There's there's two other kind of healers. Okay. Um, one is the non-magical healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, or bad healer, as they're known. Or, or, the medic. Yeah. Um, which is most appropriate for, you know, modern games. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still a reactive healer. But then you also have um, shielding healers. Hmm. Which crop up a lot in in MMOs, but not so much on the tabletop because obviously it's a fiddly thing to track. Mm. Um, which is where you put preventative shields on, and that's oh, that's like proactive. Uh, temporary hit points. Yeah, 
Yeah. But that's proactive healing. Mm. So you, pro- you, you the the concept is you can't heal back hit points, but you can stop <laughs> hit points being lost. Which which I'm a huge fan of. I think that's yeah. fun. So then you have to predict like, oh, uh, mm. that dragon looked like it's going to do a fire breath. Mm. I'll put a big shield on, and if you don't yeah. get it right, it's wasted. And I think that that interests yeah that that interests me more um, rather than like I've got I've got thirty hit points or oh, now I'm da- now I'm down to fifteen. Well, let me just pump those hit points back into you. Yeah. Um, it's. And also, just like I guess, I guess I can imagine it more easily. I guess, like, yeah. like, like as a as a cleric, like st- striding forward and being like, "Do not falter, men!" and then puts their puts their big stick down in the ground, and there's kind of a glowing shield comes up around everyone, and they get hurt less. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Rather than rather than hop up, boys, and then all the arrows just shit out of the guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, going the long way around to get out. Well, yeah, you, you, and you've got to make sure you pass them the right way as well. If they're yeah, Fletchings first. Mm, no. Other way? No. <laughs> Other way? Other way? <laughs> no, they're coming out for legends first. Ugh. Oh, that, that cleric's doing more arm than good. <laughs> Sorry, he's got a butt heel spell as well. That was an incredibly long answer to a very simple question. It was, rather. I have a question from Reddit. Okay. Suck it, Phil asks, what happens to him? Oh my god, that poor man. Mm. That's that that... such a sad question. What happens to him? Well, he doesn't do too well, I'm afraid, suck it, Phil. He, um... He, he shit contracts. out a lot of arrows. He shit out so many arrows that um God he was like he was like human tissue paper. Oh, oh, oh like, he was like, like a frog laying spawn, but you know oh. arrows. He had a lower intestine like a like 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 a like a doily. <laughs> like a game of kaplunk. <laughs> like kaplunk, except it was arrows instead of sticks and his organs instead of marbles. Yeah. It was really bad. Like, I'm 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 beginning to think that wasn't a good cleric. <laughs> no, I'd, that might have been an I, evil cleric. I think that that was an attack spell. That was, wasn't it? That mm. was that was harm. That was Not a clever Hill. conniving cleric. No, um, suck it, Phil. Like the the title of the post is "What happens to him?" Which I thought was a lovely question to ask. Yeah. Um, but what it's it's about? Um, it's 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 a very useful piece of advice which I'm which I'm going to re- which I'm going to um just recycle here. Okay. Uh, because because like we've we've we, we use this ourselves. Uh, what happens to him? So like like uh, Suckit Phil got tired of describing um, finishing moves um, that players inflicted. So rather than telling the players what happened, he asked the players. And we've actually started doing this for every single event of our games, including parts of the plot. <laughs> yes. But it's but it's, so like um like one of the most important things in Unbound um. I'm not sure I actually made it into the final book, but because it's such because it's a it's a very you know vague um, uh, universal system. One of the most common questions that a GM should be asking during combat is, "Great, what does that look like?" Yeah, um, because you can have the same power can be, let's say, um, a swarm of ghosts, or a dog, or a big gun, or bees, or uh, you go back in time and bother the guy uh, over breakfast <laughs> hey. just, just while he's sleeping. Like, hey. Hey, wake up, wake oh, up, man. wake not... up. What, 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 what do you want? What's happening? What's happening? Nothing. Go back to sleep. <laughs> and then out the window so that he's See... tired later. See you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Enigmatic gentleman. And what happened to him? <laughs> I think I think you should ask your players as many questions as possible. And especially like... So the, the, the way that the Reddit user asks... Um, what the Reddit user describes is, is is like as a reward they get to describe some brutal, crazy murder. On oh, people. I see. 
Um, and that, 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 that works for me as well, you know. I'll, I'll generally reward people in that way. Um, I will say one thing that I've started doing, um, which is, is letting players describe combat up, up to the end of it. And then I take over. That makes because, sense, because then that gives you how the combat ends up. Yeah. Well, also because it lets me it lets me keep a handle on the tone of the game. Yeah. Because like, and if if we're doing like a, like like a like a free floating, lots of fun, pulpy, fighty, um, everyone gets knocked out but doesn't really die, sort of thing. Cool. Let the players describe it. That's fine. And then if if, if I want to really underline the message that you've killed someone, it's like, okay, cool. This is how they die. Yeah. This, this is what you did to a this is what you did to a thinking human being, and that's always fun just to have have the player feel slightly nauseous. Yeah, especially after they've been they've been sort of living through their glories. Yeah, for sure. It's like, oh, I stab, I stab the guy. Oh, great. Okay, cool. He soils himself. Okay, his kids are there. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's his birthday. <laughs> no, sorry, it's it's his episode of This Is Your Life. Oh, it's also Christmas. <laughs> and we got someone very special to meet you today, Gareth. Your murderer. It's <laughs> bursting out of a pot plant at the back of the set with a toothbrush shiv. <laughs> oh man, it's not clean. No, ask me a question. I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Captain Fancy. Captain Fancy. Do it, uh, do it in Captain Fancy's voice. Captain Fancy. Mm-hmm. I love GMing as a tool to keep my improv sharp. Any extra challenges I could set myself to make it even more useful? <laughs> Why, this imp- the only thing sharper than my improv is my fabulous sabres. The only thing sharper than my improv is my rapier wit. The only th- anything else you've got that's sharper than is improv? No. Okay. No. Um, I was I was I was leaving you enough rope to hang yourself with that one because yeah, I was I was waiting for it to go to a dick joke. I mean, honestly, that was the that was the next place my mind went. <laughs> also, like just on the subject of improv, always lovely. When not only does your partner not yes and, but just leaves you there. Yep. <laughs> please, please, Chris, rescue me from this awful goof. No, 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 my friend. No, no. <laughs> no, I see this has gone wrong already. You Let's stu- see how You stuck out. your neck out and tried to entertain. I'm just going to be quiet and reap yeah. the glory. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Dick. Cue. Um, i working out. Okay. Um... In, in, improv challenges. This this is more my scene because I'm more of an improv GM. Um, as I've said in the past, I think um, no accents. I'm not sure whether I've mentioned that on the podcast. But you I've have stopped. frequently. Yeah. Okay, then no accents. That's good. Um, what else? Um, having players come up with stuff. So yeah. like if if you if you write down um, if you write down a, a tremendous amount of the plot beforehand. Then sure, there's some improv there, but also like if you're just referring to what to what you've already written and combining ideas which are yours, that's not properly improv. I think like having 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 no clue of what's going to happen and then asking the players, oh, so what do you want to do today? That's improv at that point, and then making that interesting as improv rather than oh, I guess nothing really happens. Yeah, and also le- letting your players build the character. Yeah. So sure. if you've got um, a skeevy slumlord type character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you do is you is you point is you point at one random player and go right, give me a character trait for him. Ah, that's fun, yeah. And you sort of do that do that three times. Yeah. Um. So you describe the broad strokes <laughs> of the character. Yeah. Like you know, he's not a nice person. He's a slumlord. Yeah. But what sort is he? And then you go, oh. give me a, just give me an adjective noun. Um. He uh, noun is fruit. Fruit. Give me a fruit. 
No. Uh, pineapple. No. Give me a give, give me a personality trait. Give me. Okay. A, well, a that's trait. the thing. That's the thing. Like, like you asked for a noun, and I gave you fruit. So maybe like maybe he's sitting there eating an apple. Yeah. And he's really enjoying that apple. Maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. But yeah, you just ask the players. Yeah. Um, I wish I could remember the difference between adjectives and nouns. That's okay, man. Adjectives are describey words. Nouns are things. See, I know that now you said it. Verbs are dewy words, and adverbs are useless. <laughs> Give me an adverb. Uselessly. Oh. It's like they, they generally end in L-Y. They're okay, but they're not very um, pleasing to write or read or use. Good. Good. Um, what are the challenges? Have you got to make things interesting? I, th- I think, yeah, so, like, um, having, like, entrusting, entrusting the plot and characters to your players, um, and, like, I'm being, I'm being ready to go with that, like, no matter what they say, um, letting them, and, like, if they say, oh, well, um, this guy, well, he's my brother and he loves me. Okay, cool, fantastic, let's go for it. Yeah. He loves you. Your mum's here. Like, And she um, doesn't. It's, I'm, I think it's generally possible to yes and yourself into a no and, yeah. Um, in the in the in that players want to try and take advantage of being given creative control, and you simply agree with them until they're fucked. Yeah, well, it's um, it's, it's your wish spell all over again. Yeah, for sure. I want like, a pony. Okay, a pony drops on you and kills you. Yeah, jamming should be a continual monkey's paw. Yeah. Um, finally. Um, before a before a episode before a game happens, um, draw three random words out of a hat and then pin them on the wall behind your players, and don't mention to the players what they are, but try and try and involve them in some way. I like that. That's kind of fun, especially like I mean, if they're dark, if it's like you know axolotl or, or a the, <laughs> you know, if you just if it's a genuine <laughs> random word generator, the and the. but. Um, okay. Probably what every gen knows. Yeah. Um, right, ask me a question. All right. All right, it's time. Oh, it's me. It's, it's me to ask. It's me. It's okay. my turn to ask okay. a question. Sorry, it's my turn. Um, Turb asks, hey, Turb. Oh, it's been a while. Hasn't it? Turb oh, this is Turb. What works better for monster creation? Legs on a non-legged thing? Or wings on a non-winged thing? So, we've already voiced our issues with winged mm-hmm. things. Have we? Yeah, in the in the fact that like with dragons, they can just fuck off. Right. Yeah. Flying has the ability to just outpace player characters, which is an well, issue. That, that, well, that's okay, but like, like, let's let's think more from like an exciting monster type rather. No, than I know that's what I'm. Mechanics. That was my that was my start. Okay. Okay. But now a non-legged thing traditionally mm-hmm. can still is still ambulatory. Yes, unless it's like a deer with no legs. Yes, because it's designed to be non-legged. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually... All you're adding, really, with, with the legs is speed and the ability to climb better. Chris, can I just put forward a, a, a third option? Mm-hmm. Making a legged thing non-legged. Making a leg thing more legged. Imagine you're creeping through the woods, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the GM rolls on a random encounter, and there's a proud and mighty stag. Ooh, kind of kind of creepy. But it's not kind of creepy, so oh, kind of dangerous, you know, he's going to charge us or whatever. Mm. Imagine the GM rolls up um, the same monster, stats are exactly the same, but it has no legs. And it just sort of undulates through the, oh. through the, uh, through the leaf litter towards you. Or you hear the screech of a mighty owlbear. You are terrified. And then you see the owlbear dragging itself towards you on its ruined legs. What the hell just did that to an owlbear? 
I'm not sure what could do that to an owlbear. Um, I think, like, a, a bear? A load of owls? <laughs> a flock of owlbear? <laughs> no, owlbear, the fifth musketeer. <laughs> Is he an owlbear? This time round, yes, but yeah. he's dressed in a very big, floppy French hat. I uh, mm, so legs on a non-legged thing is it's pretty. The only things without legs are worms and snakes, and fish. Some dragons. Oh, that's just a worm. Yeah. What What about fish though? Fish with legs. Oh, oh, it's that's that's a Sahaugin. I'm thinking more. No, not like fishmen. Oh, just like normal fish with legs. With like with like elegant human legs. All I've got in my head now is like fish burlesque. Yeah. With like the line. Yeah, for sure. Imagine imagine a piranha with a pair of fishnets on. Oh, oh. Probably not fishnets actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Um but um or, or, or maybe like 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 a deep sea anglerfish the size of a dog with four horrible lumpy legs on it. Oh, that's actually quite gross. Yeah. Or like lithe robotic legs. You know those like those like hooked spring things that that runners the uh, amputee runners have. Oh yeah, yeah, like that guy who killed his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't I, I kind of think like having anglerfish themed legs would be creepier. But then again, I guess Having just having having robot legs that that it's had built for it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty grim. What about a whale? Oh, scuttling along on thousands of tiny legs. I was imagining four big ones. Oh. Bum, 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 no, no, no. Bum, I'm, I'm thinking like, imagine a billion human-sized legs. <laughs> oh man! So it's like it's they're not arranged in rows. They're just no, stuck no, at the no. Bottom. They're they're bubbling out of it. And like, there's even some on its on its back, and they're still working away. Oh, that's fantastic! So it actually goes faster when it's in an exactly fitting pipe. I think I think that it's it's a traditional way of making monsters, which is to take something which don't have wings and put wings on the boy. Yeah, you know, Pegasus, um, Lamassu, Sphinxes, um, Sphinxes. Which hang on, what's it's like a lion with wings and the head. It's of largely a, a lion, yeah, yeah, ma- mainly lion. You've got a human head for the riddling. Yep. Otherwise, how else will he riddle? The flying pig. Yep. Um, the um, the double swan. <laughs> and the hexacrow. <laughs> oh, you just stuck four crows together. I want my money back. Chris, cock it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. We have done that, but it's still alive. <laughs> Most of it is still alive. It's actually ten crows trapped together, but we're only charging you for seven. Sir, 60% of these crows are mainly alive. Please put me down. (laughs) Don't hurt me again. So that's, and what I'm saying is that's a classic way of doing it. Or like like dragons, you know, lizards with wings. Whereas things with don't have legs with legs on is an entirely new kind of monster, which I'm, initially initially we discounted, but now I'm thinking, what if, if, like an earthworm, had four earthworm-style legs underneath yeah. it. or just That's two horrendous. and a power suit, and said witty one-liners. Mm, that would be pretty good. That sounds like a great way to make money. It does, doesn't it? Maybe we what? could ha- maybe we could release a game for it on the Sega Genesis. What if it just what what, what if what if instead of having like because I'm imagining the worm in dog formation. Yeah. What if you just bifurcate the end of the worm into two legs? Oh, 
and it just sort of scampers around. But but it, it, it's still a worm; it can't say anything. But worms can do that thing where they you cut a bit off and they grow into another worm. Not really. They totally can. That's actually not true. I don't care. It like, works for this. Like, like the piece survives for a long time, but it can't. You know, right? But a worm. let's say that's true. Okay. Yeah. Then then yeah, they definitely do that. And it's then great. you've got two separately sentient legs. Okay. Which I could just imagine being horrifying. Yeah, it's pretty good, but they're very little because this is a worm. Oh, it's only it's still only teensy. It's worm sized. Oh, okay. If it's only yeah. teensy, then it doesn't really matter because I can barely see it. I think that like to get classic monsters, sure, add wings to anything. Yeah, slap slap if wings you, on it, and you're done. If you want interesting monsters, put additional legs on stuff. Maybe, like, maybe just put wings on some legs. The I think that's the symbol for the Isle of Man. Actually, thinking about it, <laughs> that that's you know, you know when when they made Predator and they were like the ultimate predator, the apex dominator. That's what it should have been. <laughs> Again, a, a, pe- a pair of legs, and by legs I mean burlesque legs and fishnet tights. Yep, with a large pair of, of dove wings stuck on the back. Now imagine all of that on a sexy predator. <laughs> what do you mean the predator's already sexy? But like a sexed-up predator. Here's a question, Chris. Alien or predator? Alien. Yeah? Yep. Not even really a discussion there. Because it looks like a big dick. No, it's just scarier. No, I mean fucking it. Oh! Yeah. Predator. Why's that? Looks a bit like an orc. Okay, I can get it, yeah. It seems to have a more human physiology. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I know the reproductive cycle of the alien... That's true. Hey, and yeah. I don't, I don't want a piece of that. One, one thing that always bothered me about those films. Yes, I, I, I love Alien. I also like Aliens very much. But in Alien, which you know, the, one of the greatest sci-fi and one of the greatest horror films ever made, mm-hmm. um, John Hurt goes in, takes a big old sniff of the egg. The face hugger goes around his chops, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're like, well, "Best leave him there, right?" Yeah. And then he gets back up and he like he has dinner and that's great and everyone's happy because it's John Hurt, right? God rest his soul. And then they put him down on the table and that little thing bursts out of his chest. Right? Yep. And then it becomes the big alien. Yes. That's never covered. It goes from being the size of maybe your forearm to horse-sized. Yeah, they grow very, very quickly. Yeah, off, off what? Like, how is it growing that fast? Like, I, what, I assume what, you just got into the kitchens and just had a go energy. of goulash. <laughs> just, <laughs> just going through the cornflakes. Yeah, it's just gorging itself on lasagna. It's like it's like, it's like a hideous space Garfield. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, okay, that's 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 very much beside the point. Um, I think that I would aesthetic like f- from a long term relationship, definitely the predator. Yep. But for a one night stand, maybe the alien, because like I'm I'm liking the Geiger style designs. It's very slick, very cool looking, you know. Acid spit though. Well, I don't ask my normal lovers to spit on me. No, but it's gonna <laughs> <laughs> It's Not gonna just... come up. Hey darling. <laughs> You're right it is. But like, hey, hey, listen, don't don't spit on me, please. No, especially uh, not with that acid spit. I, I guess I couldn't I couldn't kiss There'll be it. no face contact. Yeah, I couldn't kiss it. No. Hmm. Unless you want to lose your lower jaw. I'm guessing it doesn't... probably doesn't have genitals either. And also, which mouth do you want to kiss? 
Well, I'm not going to kiss it because it's got acid spit. But there's two mouths, Grant. Oh my god, that is pretty arousing. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine kissing one beautiful metallic mouth and having a second mouth questing inside your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> trying to eat your, your tonsils. I feel genuinely sick just describing that. Yeah, you, you should do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> not right. Ask me a question, please. I will. Oh, it's good to be back, Chris. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> just, it's, it's just it's been my wife who's had to listen to this for the last month. <laughs> Gartholomew Banks asks... Sorry? Gartholomew Banks asks... Mm. Please think of three cool swashbuckling tropes that would be fun in a game. Bonus points if you can subvert one of them. We get a lot of questions with the word subvert in them. Mm-hmm. Why well, is that? Well, because we encourage people to subvert things. That's true. Because we're very subversive. Mm-hmm. We're on the bleeding edge of role-playing design and alien sex commentary. <laughs> One of those is true. Yeah, it's true. Um, I really wish I hadn't used the phrase bleeding edge. It's <laughs> 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 not. Especially considering that tale. Oh, especially um, an acid spit in the wound. Oh, Jesus. Um... I think that because because that's the challenge, right? Um, if, if we're not subverting them, um, pirate ships, moustaches, and chandeliers. Yeah, but um, a peg leg. Fuck, fuck it, let's subvert all of them. A nice glazed ham. You know the, the, the standard. Those are just pirates rather than swashbuckling. Oh, okay. And like so, like when when I think of swashbuckling, I think of oh, the Princess Bride. Okay, has... see, I'm I, I'm at Errol Flynn stage. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I mean, the Princess Bride is about a pirate, but doesn't feature much piracy. Correct. Or indeed any. Like, Errol Flynn had one of the coolest moves ever to happen in cinema. Go on. A boat-based cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a bit of boat-based cinema. Yeah. Um, Errol which Flynn, was... Jaws. Yep. Go on. And we're done. Titanic. Jumping oh, that, that was a onto ship. a boat. Mm-hmm. Putting his dagger into the into the sails mm-hmm. and sliding down that. Ah, the old Prince of Persia dismount. Yeah, and yeah. that is cool as heck. That is cool. Yeah, you have to be a pretty sharp dagger, eh? Well, ideally, you want it kind of sharp so it slows your descent just enough. Because mm. yeah. if it's incredibly sharp, you just fall. <laughs> but if it's incredibly dull, it might dig in. And then you're just stuck there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you want to have it the right. Like, you, you don't want to be like like frantically soaring at it to try no, and get it down. No, you got to sneak onto the boat night before. Yeah. Find a f- find an area that's not really be- being noticed and just test your knife. Yeah, it's a, a bit like before you dye your hair. You, you you want to apply some like like to the inside of your elbow just to make sure that you're not allergic. Yeah, it's that, but with knives and sails. Hmm. Okay, so that's that's one trope. That's one. Yep. Um, the second trope I want to put in is chandeliers. Yep, chandeliers. Yeah, chandelier, if you want to use the French pronunciation, mm-hmm. um, are very important. One, because, you know, luxury and audacity is part of the swashbuckling trope. And two, because you can swing off them. Although, come to think of it, I've seen chandeliers and it doesn't look that easy. No, and also, that, the whole lot is coming down. Mm. Well, I mean, it depends on how heavy the chandelier is and how well it's supported. Because if it's a very heavy chandelier, like, you, you've got to figure that it's over-supported so you can hang off it. I'm not sure it is. I think it's. I think it's supported enough. I'd put a little bit more support on that than I needed. I guess <laughs> you know. But like, if I tried to swing on my light fittings, they'd come right out. They come right out. That's not a chandelier. That's just. That's just a 
by an no. script bulb. <laughs> but my point is, it's not yeah. over-supported. Okay, I see. Well, it's still a trope. Yes. And In plus, fact, it gives you it gives you the ability to not be on a boat. Alarmingly f- few chandeliers on a boat. Mm-hmm. I quite like the idea of inverting that by just by having it, but just for light fittings. <laughs> or literally inverting it. Oh, so it's on the floor. Yeah, it's, it's just got a crumpled mess of chandelier. It's just a really bad centrepiece. <laughs> it's a big pile of crystals and fire. And, and we need a third swashbuckling trope. Cannons. Mm. I like cannons. More, more, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone likes cannons, Christopher. But it's more of a war trope, I think. I guess, yeah. What about, um, like, witty comebacks? Insult drooling. Oh, you, your Monkey Island, how appropriate you fight like a cow. Let us hope Red goes with that outfit, which I really like. <laughs> that says a whole lot about the person saying that insult. Yeah, it's such a gorgeous insult. I really, I really need, need the opportunity to use it at some point. Yeah. So witty comebacks, um, chandeliers, and that bit where you slide down a banister. Not a banister, a sail. Yeah. Or a banister. Um, that's, 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 that's. <laughs> this is a man who's recently done the dive onto the sail. Yeah. Now in the plantation owner's house, because we're in that sort of era. Okay. Swings on the chandelier, gets up to the second story, does a bit more swashbuckling, mm-hmm. and then just very slowly kind of does that halting. Oh god! Oof, and oof, slides backwards down the banister, <laughs> crushing his testicles against the ball on the end, oof, oh, oh, and then oh, no. stumbles off. Oh no, hang on, hang on, hang on, time out, time out. Oh, blimey. Everybody just take five, because I have oh. really done a number on these bad boys. Oh, it's like I've been punched in the soul. <laughs> the best way I can describe getting hit in the nuts. Yep. There's something elemental about it. It's 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 alarmingly similar to the feeling of getting punched in the solar plexus. You know, you know I've never been hit in the solar plexus. Really? No, face it, it, and balls, but never solar plexus. It, it's a very similar feeling, <laughs> but not as like the balls are more crushing. Gotta wonder why. Like, is that, is that the best place for them? Yes. Just where else would you put them? Inside. But then they'd be too warm. Well, sort it out. <laughs> sort it out. Just have a refrigeration unit, just have Freon pumping around it. Sort it out, Jesus. I don't know, maybe like put them near the lungs. I don't know how they're called. <laughs> put put them in my lungs. <laughs> you just sound like a can of spray paint. <laughs> Actually, no. You know what you sound? You sound like a whistle. Why would I sound like a whistle if I put my balls in my lungs? Because the old whistles had a little ball in them. And that's no, how not, they made the whistling They're not rattling noise. around, Chris. They're attached. <laughs> that's, not how just... I, that's definitely not how I'm imagining it. I'm not just putting both both loose in the right lung. Oh, then I've misconstrued this whole conversation. No, what, what, what? Like, I figure they're all wired up, except they're just maybe located on like one on the bottom of each lung, and yeah. so when I breathe in, it cools them. There's an airflow around them. They're probably quite warm, given that they're inside my torso. Yeah. What about if I put them on my forehead? Then they'd be nice and chilly. Although, actually, because your head vents your heat, they'd actually be warm. Mm, that's true. I mean, I, I, I say that. I, I think we lose a lot of heat through our balls, honestly. <laughs> that is fair. That's what they're designed to do, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. 
So what I'm, what I'm interested, so like, I'm quite enamoured with the idea of sliding down light fittings. Okay. Uh, so, so swinging, swinging off no, light no, fittings. No, 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 sliding down a light fitting. Are you a borrower? <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. tiny gnome. Yeah, I'm a fucking pirate borrower. Because that would be rad. Hang on, hang on. Oof. Hang mm-hmm. on. That's okay. Hear me out here. I was originally I was going to have like swashbuckling, but it's all done in an office. Okay, good. So, so like, so like, you put your knife in the like in the Venetian blades and slide down. You like, you hang, like, you swing from the fluorescent light fixture. That would, that would be very jerky. It would be very much. Um, you um, instead of having like an insult war, you submit a memo. Yep. Ari. Ari. You fucker. Now, the th- but I much prefer the idea of borrower swashbuckling. Yeah. Okay, so I much the borrower. Borrowers, they're about an inch tall, right? Yeah, about that. Okay, cool. So they can probably fly on paper airplanes. Good. It's good stuff. Tiny right? sky pirates. Actually, fuck that. Imagine, imagine, imagine a an airborne jewel, but not on not on um, paper airplanes. You're you're having a swashbuckling fight across airfix models that are strung from the ceiling. Yes, that would look good. On another subject, I saw Ant Man last night. <laughs> that doesn't happen in it, and I'm really sad. Oh, I would love to have a like it's it's a standard pirate game, but you have your intro characters, so it's a bit like um um diggers or truckers, like the the yep. Terry Pratchett novels. Um, but you have you have pirates, so I'm thinking like um people riding cats. Good, Good. work. Good work. Um, you've got like any sort of boats would work, like 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 little boats. On a duck yeah, pond? That would be amazing, just like a, a huge armada. Mm. But on a duck pond. Chris, is this Mouse Guard? Yes. Okay. Well, let's still. Because it would be great if it was little mice, wouldn't it? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Imagine if it was little swashbuckling mice. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to it, Mouse Guard is very good. Yeah, but it's more about delivering post and being eaten by cats than, say, winning the heart of a tiny maiden. True. It, yes, that is very true. So let's let's not make it about mice. Let's make it about um, wasps. No, <laughs> the most sympathetic of creatures. <laughs> bees, or just tiny people. Oh, bee! Well, tiny people are fine, but I don't care. I already like it's not cute. They're just little. It's kind of creepy, you know. Right. Bee pirates. <laughs> Maybe not bee pirates. Although I do, I, I do want to play a bumblebee in a game. But just, like, just just any tiny creatures, just a random assortment. Yeah, okay. Cool. Like you know how on on a pirate ship you've got all different um, accents races, and colors, races, creeds, and, yeah. yeah. yeah like numbers of legs. <laughs> well, potentially more than normal. Hmm? Um, you have that, but with tiny, tiny creature. So you've got a newt. So yeah, and so a I'm, big I'm, fat I'm bumblebee. Figuring, like like mouse is the is the largest. Yep. The average size of creature. You've got mouse. You've got newts. You've got um, small frogs. Small frogs. Bees. Oh, I do mm-hmm. want bees. I can't stress that enough. Um, wrens. Yep. Little little boys. Terrapins. <laughs> like little ones. Little baby ones. <laughs> little baby terrapins. Man the cannons in a moment. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're quite nippy terrapins. They're not. They're not slow. They're yes. Nippy. No. But I'm thinking more. How does he get his his, his little his little hands up? That's to true, actually yeah. work they, the cannon. They, they do have little flippers, don't they? Little yeah. Um, I really want to play this. I, was, I mean, I, I, I might put this out as my next one-page game. But okay. having this as um, your pirates, but you're also tiny, adorable animals. On the high bees? Mm, 
maybe High Bees could be like an antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> just massively drugged up bees. <laughs> just bee deep in a K hole. Yeah. I I think I'm thinking I'm thinking like I'm thinking like Duck Pond or maybe like maybe like you have a map of the park, right? And the yep. duck pond is where you do most of your piracy. You've also got like 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 the ice cream kiosk that you can rob. Good. Um, you've got marauding dogs, or even just like a a really quaint fishing village, the sort of tourist attraction. What? What about pedalos though? Well, they're hazards. They're huge. Yeah. Unlike unlike you have um like you'd go and raid the um the duck bread um, the duck armada for bread. Yeah, and you and might he, have like you might have fish like a rebel for duckling. Sorry, fish for minnow. Get those little tiny fish. That's true. The ones that are even smaller than you. Mm-hmm. I'm so down. What's what sort of boat are you in? Toy boats. Oh, okay. Like like like, like toy boats, like remote control boats. But you just you just taped the remote control to the. Um... Now fuck it. It's just a toy boat that works. Shut up. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm I'm going to play my bee pirate. This is fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah, and like just... in in a pinch, they'll just. Steal some notepaper and fold up some boats. Yeah, like you, you, you can always make something happen. But the idea is that, that, that you're going on a, on a grand adventure. Yep. And, and going everyone, away to sea. Everyone falls in love with everyone else. Is constantly. Well, like, maybe not constantly, but like a bee can seduce a mouse. Yep. Because um, that's a, that, I'm so, imagine how cute the children would be. <laughs> <laughs> Little fluffy flying things that have no yeah. right to fly. No, it's like doubly. Yeah. Um, right, that, I think I think we fucking subverted that in that we yeah, made that's it. about well, as subverted as you get it. That's not actually well. What we did is made it little. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not subverted at all. And put your bee in it. <laughs> that's, that's true. There's very few bees in Swashbuckle. You'd be amazed. Chris, what are they gonna What are they gonna swing off if not, if not chandeliers? Kite strings. Dog ears. Good. Mm, kite strings are a bit dangerous, but but like I, I can I really like the idea of a kite heist. The the toggles of people's parkers that are sitting on the edge of the duck pond. I think it would be nice to maybe have um like a doll's house expo on in the park. Yeah. <laughs> so so like yeah okay it's brilliant okay I'm doing that. Um, there's, there's one last question. There is. Daxter zero zero nine asks. So that's after. Uh, so when um, Bond was zero zero seven, yep. uh, Trevelyan was zero zero eight, and uh, Daxter is zero zero nine. Uh, presumably, D- Jack is zero one zero. Yeah, for sure. Um, he says, "Sorry, they say looking for ideas for useless magic in inverted commas items." Uh, an ale tankard that is always half full with non-drowsy cowpaw. A button that attracts wasps. A wasp that's attracted to buttons. <laughs> a wasp that attracts buttons. No, that is attracted to buttons. Both. both. Okay. I, I don't think it's, that's just more of a more like a like a deviant. wasp. <laughs> deviant. A deviant wasp. A racist sword. <laughs> a car jack. That's not useless, and it's not magic. Well, it is. You jack it up, and you can steal a car. That's great. That's, that's it. street so, wizardry. So I'm saying that's not useless, nor is it magic. That's just that's just a useful item. It doesn't have useless for or crime. Magic yes, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Crimes are use. All right, fine. A haunted sandwich. Oh, yeah. It's got it's got pastrami and mayo and ghosts, <laughs> and not not a light smattering of ectoplasm. Hey, buddy, hold the ghosts. 
A whip of detanglement. A miracle whip. A licorice whip. A whip that casts a miracle every time you crack it against the person you crack it on. Um, a blue cleric. What? It's just blue. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of one. Are you are you are you struggling to come up with ideas? Yeah, that's why you I just... said a blue cleric. <laughs> on. A, an elephant gun that only shoots elephants. That only fires elephants, or will only kill elephants? Because if only, so, it will only kill elephants. Okay, I like that. Then again, then again. So, like, imagine if you've got a gun that shoots elephants. When is that useful? That is true. When is that? When is that appropriate force? When can you carry that? Well, I figured like like this elephant starts off little, then gets big. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like the chambers are elephant sized. Oh, it's like it's like that German gun that, that was that's supposed to shoot across the channel in World yeah. War One. It's that, but for elephants. <laughs> Does the elephant survive the initial explosion? Yes, but not the landing. No. I guess we could like we we could put parachutes on its butt. The exit wound is horrifying. It's not. It's not. I think if the projectile is bigger than the target, that's not an exit wound. It's all right. It's a clean through and through. <laughs> Don't worry. It passed right through. I think he's going to survive. You're just looking at the the back half of an elephant and just jam. There's nothing else. Just meat jam underneath it. <laughs> oh dear. Ray of Frost, which just only works in people called Ray. Ooh. Just, Specifically uh, Ray Romano. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> or Detective Inspector Frost from Touch of Frost. A pizza box that spawns an infinite number of the little pizza tables. That is, you see, that that is a useless magic item. There we go. We've got it. We've got it. There we go. The, other, the, the others were kind of useful if you wanted to fuck up Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't? I'm kind of upset that as game designers and ostensibly comedy entertainment providers, we couldn't come up with magic items that are useless. But that's the thing. The problem is we can always think of a use. Pocket full of dogs. I mean, sometimes I want dogs. But do you want them in your pocket? But then I can get them out of my pocket. You know what? Let's, 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 um, what we're going to do, I'm going to go back through this uh, when I'm editing it together and cut out all the really long gaps which sound like we came up with these really quickly. That would be lovely. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we're going to answer another question. Ninja mm-hmm. Iguana. Ninja Iguana. Ninja Iguana mm-hmm. asks, do you find that the possibility of character death slash character loss is necessary to keep a game feel engaging? Um, no, not at all. No? No. That it? Um, Just No. No. Thanks for joining us on Hearty Dice, friends. No, I, I don't think that you need to have death um, as a threat. I think that um, if you're playing a game which has violence in as a as an important part of the game, like Dungeons and & Dragons, and let's be honest here, almost every fucking role-playing game, then, yeah, character death can and should be a thing. Um, but I don't think that it's like it's a motivator, that it, that, it, that, it's, that, it's, that it makes the game engaging on its own. I think that it's far more exciting to hurt something the players love. Yeah, and also, I mean, that thing can be the character... Because if you just lose a character, then you're going, mm. oh, well, that, you know, there's a small grieving process. Yeah, I can't come back from this. Yeah, and then you you get another character. Whereas yeah. if you take a leg, mm-hmm. then you've got a permanent problem they've always got to deal with and they can't just get rid of. Do you remember that time Graham didn't turn up to one game where I had both of his characters' legs amputated? No, that sounds like a Dick GM move. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you remember Graham, though, right? I do. Maybe he's listening. No. 
<laughs> he's not listening to this. He was uh, he just he just didn't turn up to a session one time, so I had I had a heavy pylon fall on his legs and amputate both of them, and he had to. He, he, they they also had a hovering box for a while. I gave every single campaign I had a, a hovering box because people love hovering boxes, so th- they just stuck him in that, gave wow. him a stick, pushed himself around. That's um, that's fairly harsh. It didn't really impact this character at all. That's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, that's actually like the pro tip from, from GM, great GM Grant Howitt. Give your players a hovering box. Tensor's floating disc. Yeah, but like, but like permanent. Yeah. Motherfuckers love that. You can put people without legs in it. You can put stuff in it. You can use it as a step. You can bypass bullshit traps. Yeah, it's great. Well, it only hovers a couple of inches off the ground, so it's, it can still fall into a hole. Yeah, but it, w- yeah. it doesn't trigger off your pressure plates. Mm, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't maybe. know. We don't, How much downthrust it got? Because the player's going to ask for that. Fucking tons, mate. All. All the downthrust. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, yeah. like, that's the sort of shit players ask. I, imagine a number, yes. How much yes. downthrust has this got? I've got a plan. Oh, really? Have you? I don't care. Okay, it fails. Um, so I think that, like, one of the things which we've tried to do when, when we're designing games, and this is, this is also a game design podcast, is that we've tried to make injuries and problems push forward into more story rather than stopping the story. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'd much rather have rather than you die is um, you die and uh, it's actually from Dungeon World actually. Um, you die and you meet your god and and or someone else's god if they're standing nearby and the god says you can come back to life if you do this thing for me. Yeah. Um, and we had uh, so actually, so that was, so that, that mechanics in the spire and we had a uh, during the playtest one of the characters um, he went irrevocably irrevocably mad after seeing a demon lord. Um, uh, like demon incursion, and he was he was about to die, and like and like then like the demon came to him in a dream and was like, "I will return your sanity if you do this one thing for me." Nope, and he jumped off the Mile High building. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, it was great. Um, but that's so the thing, that, like you always want to give him a choice, you know. Yeah, you always want to make not death more interesting mm. than death. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so that you fear that more. The more, oh, thank God, I'm just dying. Take, the more the more a player has to has, has to lose, the more exciting. Uh, so the more character has to lose, the more exciting that is. So friends, relatives, uh, items, um, places, people are like NPCs. Hurt NPCs before you hurt PCs. You know? Oh yeah, go nuts on those. My on those God, people. yeah, yeah, just drive them into the wall real hard. Drive them like you stole them. Yeah, and that's and so I I think that, I mean there is a place for death in uh, in RPGs, and I think that it's something that should come up, but it's not hugely exciting. Yeah, and that's. Um, that's okay. Like, I really like that transition mm. because obviously in D and D it was just oh I've lost my character, mm. and in Call of Cthulhu it's oh I've written up four characters ahead of time just to be sure. Yeah. And that's you know that's, 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 that's a different situation. Yeah, I think also also one thing which I'd like to sort of get into because um, one of my one of my old pieces, Eleven Way to Be a Better Role Player, was shared recently, so it's been doing the rounds again, and a lot of people have been saying that um, a lot of these a lot of these mechanics work for improv, but not not for role playing. In fact, these uh, there are notable uh, um, evidences of these tropes being used in literature and film, which are very interesting. And like one, shut up, because this is improv. Yeah. All role playing is improv. I don't care how much fucking preparation you do. This is an improv thing because you're not working off a script. You don't have a director. And so when your character dies, it's not because it's important to the plot. Well, in some games it is. 
and that's that's a good thing to have. But generally, when someone dies in a in a film or a book or a TV show, or whatever, it's to show us something. If they're an important named character, like if they're one of the PCs in game terms, they've died to prove a point. They've died to further this scene. They've died in a glorious last stand, what have you. Um, or if if they've if they've died and it's been utterly inconsequential, that's that's to show how cruel the world is. Yeah. But they've they've died for a reason, and it's been thought about rather than the DM happened to roll a crit. Yeah, and that's that's why that's one of the things that bothers me. It's, it almost always comes out of fucking left field. Yeah. Oh, look, a seven. That means oh. you don't get to play today. You don't get to play anymore, or indeed these characters dead. So uh, bye. And it's just like we're trying to emulate these filmic and, and like um, literary experiences with rules that don't do that. And I think that's what bothers me about death. And of course, like Seventh Sea is a great example for a game which uses death uh, in, a, in a good way, which you can't die unless you want to. Which is solid, honestly. It really, it really works. Um, I kind of wish real life worked that way, <laughs> but you can't. You can't die unless you want to, and otherwise you're captured or you're knocked out or you you wash up on shore or whatever. But it's just not. It's just not a story about that. Um, yeah, and I, I think that and, that that's key. That phrase. Yeah, like it's this, that's not what this story is about. And I think that you can get a great deal of fun out of looking at um, other things that happen to pl- that happen to player characters rather than death. So yeah. they retire. They um, they become an NPC. They they lose their nerve and run away. Yeah. Um, they permanently shift into their bear form and spend their life living in the woods. You know, sounds There's lovely, of, honestly. It except for the winters. Lovely. Well, you get to be asleep. But you know, what, wouldn't look mossy okay. butt plugs, mm, piney butt plugs. Wouldn't you, if given the choice? Rather just sleep through the last four months of the year. I don't know. I like winters. Mm, and actually, you fucking love a Christmas, don't you? I, oh man, I could not do without my Christmas. What if we just had it in summer? Though? That's not the same. It needs, it needs to be bitterly cold. Yeah, it's probably true. raining. Yeah. And full of mulled wine. I am looking forward to Christmas already, and it's July. Yeah, Christmas time. Mm. Right. Um. Let's wrap this shit up. Thank you so much, listener, for listening to this. Oh, this new podcast. We're back, baby, and it feels so good. Oh, yeah, this 21st podcast. Oh, this 21st podcast. This podcast is old enough to drink in the United States. Yeah. It's old enough to vote in the United States. And three years, three episodes ago, it was old enough to die in a war about oil. Hmm? Hmm. Political hmm. commentary. That's why you come yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. We love you. We... We've prepared a special slideshow, um, which Chris will go through now, um, which shows us which kind of a collage. Um, yeah, I mean, or, if, if, oh. if you look at if you look at figure one, mm-hmm. you'll see a picture of Grant and I mm-hmm. hugging, but yeah. with our arms out, awaiting a third participant, and that third and participant is you. And that's you. Come in, it's you. Come, come in, buddy. Or I, I suppose, like, buddy's a male term. Um, come in, friend. Join, join, join in the slideshow hug. Because there's, because there's two hearty dose friends, but really there's a third hearty dose friend, and that's you, the listener, and we love you very much. You are literally the best. Yeah, yeah. Look, 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 look around you. See those other people? We hate them. They're not as good as you. No, they're not listening to the podcast, and if they are, then sorry, they're, they're probably slightly behind you. Yeah. So you're currently like, the best. They might like someone might have put it on like in their house rather than like 
not on headphones. Oh, well, in which case, sorry. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Yeah. Um, listen, we love, love you. you um, most. We're going to go. Yeah, we love you so much. Oh, my God, you're just the best. Um, if you like what you've heard, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends, and you can give us a little bit of, of uh, cashola. Per episode, uh, the uh, one of the main uh, benefits of that is coming along to our Hearty Dice Friends Discord, which is a lovely community and is um, honestly popping. It's actually pretty cool. Like we chat, <laughs> we, we chat about games a lot in there. It's really we've, I've, made, I've, I've made some friends. It's nice. Uh, so you can come along to that. Um, you can also get us to record special messages for you if you'd like that, or we can you can give us some uh, topics for the Hearty Dice lectures. There's lots of things you can do. Um, also, if you if you don't want to do that, you can rate and review us on iTunes. I hear it helps. I don't know. Does it help? Everyone says I, it helps. I assume it does. I, d- I don't really understand iTunes. I'm Maybe it was just a lie put forward by iTunes. In which case, that's dash clever, and I'm going to support mm, them anyway. Yeah. But um, if I th- honestly, uh, the, the the one of the greatest things you can do um, as a listener of the podcast is to tell people about it. Is to because uh, like we've got a tremendously small listenership. We have a tiny, we've got about 100 plays um, per episode, like when it first comes out, which assumes that any legacy plays after that are people discovering the podcast and then really, really learning they didn't want to hear me talking about but my dick in an alien. Yeah. So, you if could. You- if you if you like the podcast, please share it with share it with your friends. Talk about us, say nice things, um, because that's how we're gonna big this up and make it better and more popular and more exciting. Um, I think that's us, Chris. Anything else? No, I think that's us. Well, see you next week. Bye. Bye.